You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 173. People will pay you to accelerate the time, right? Everyone's looking for the quick fix or the fast Mm -hmm. track. And so working with a coach directly allows them to fast track that information rather than doing affirmations every day or listening to Esther Hicks or Eric Thomas or whoever on YouTube or podcast every morning, they can accelerate their growth by working directly with you. And so my philosophy in building my six-figure business was I'm just going to put out free content. And so my general rule of thumb is if two or more clients in a week or a month have the same like kind of issue or they bring up the same topic, then I will do a video on that. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hey there, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. I want to warmly welcome you to the show as we continue every week to explore different strategies, tools, and resources that strengthen our skills as coaches, strengthen our business depth and reach, and gives you additional resources to consider as you impact the world with your coaching. Now, early on, one of the reasons why I started the show was to share other coaches' journeys and stories with you so that you could learn from their experiences and perhaps consider something that you want to add to what you do, maybe gain clarity about something. And that is exactly what we're going to do in today's show when I introduce you to Tiffany Toombs. Now, Tiffany is an international speaker and a leading expert on rewiring the unconscious mind for success and how we can tap into our own personal potential. For over 20 years, Tiffany has educated and transformed the lives of thousands of people across the world. She's the author of Stop Being a Selfish Bee, and it's a comprehensive guide to living your best life through radical self-love. When Tiffany and I originally talked about her being on the show, we thought we would bring this expertise and her neuro-linguistic programming training to the audience. But as we talked in our pre-interview, it became apparent that Tiffany's success in using her mindset to go from zero income to over six figures in a year's time would be a story that would really bring benefit to the audience. So we decided to do that. Now, what you're going to hear in today's episode is the struggles that Tiffany was facing, the journey that she's had to her successful business, the way that she has placed herself strategically in the industry and how she continually brings value to her ideal customer base in a way that encourages them to reach out to her 
and potentially engage her for services. Tiffany is going to share such incredible information about repurposing content, about bringing continual value through her message, and how that has built this incredible business for herself. Now, I really want you to listen all the way through. At the very end of the interview, Tiffany gives this additional gold nugget of how to position yourself that was a complete surprise to me and a real value add to all the value that she had already put in the interview. Now, Tiffany is currently focused on her personal life mission to change the world by empowering 1 million people to live an intentional life that is aligned with their deepest truth every single day. I think her interview and what she brings forward to us will help her do that for you. So let's go to our interview with Tiffany Toombs. Tiffany, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I so appreciate you spending time with us this morning. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, you and I have had a heck of a time connecting, and I'm so glad that we finally did, so that we can bring your expertise, which is actually, you have so many different things, your fingers in so many different pots. You're just doing all sorts of good stuff. But we decided that our audience would really benefit understanding the journey that you made going from basically no income around this particular aspect into a, a six-figure income over a period of 12 months, which is just astonishing. And we thought maybe it would help to share some of that journey with the audience and get your ideas on things that people can begin to play with, apply to make mm -hmm. those very changes in their own lives. So let's start with sharing a little bit about your story and your entrance into coaching. So I started out in the fitness industry. So I've always been a coach in one form or another since I was 14. And I really just loved helping people. I didn't really fully appreciate the power of the mind until about seven years ago, eight years ago, when I had my own personal breakdown, which was really my breakthrough. At that time, I found out that I was pregnant. And about two hours later, I found out that my boyfriend had a girlfriend in another state. And oh, bless you. then I lost the baby. And so it was just like one hit after another, after another. And it really caused me to sit and look at my life and firstly realize that I had been playing small, that I had been settling in my career, in my relationships, like every aspect of my life I had been settling. And it started the journey of first acknowledging that I had actually been abused by my stepmom and then healing that. All of that kind of led me to NLP, which is the techniques and the modalities that I train other people in and that I use with my clients. So for anybody who doesn't, that's neuro-linguistic programming that Tiffany's talking about getting training in and then applying those very powerful tools to your work with clients. When I signed up for, for NLP, really all that I knew about it was that Tony Robbins was trained in it. And I didn't even know a whole lot about Tony Robbins at that time, because in Australia, they're just, you know, we're just disconnected from, from so many people when I was living there. So that really 
like going through the NLP training really drastically changed my life. Like I had no idea how powerful those tools were. And so that's why I've, I've adopted them. What brought me to coaching full time was when I did those techniques, I loved them. I was running other businesses in Australia with about four or five other business partners. And so as much as I loved the coaching side, I had this belief that I couldn't run a business on my own and be successful. And I actually had two narcissistic business partners who regularly like kept kind of me fed into place. that. You're yeah. right. You cannot, you cannot yeah. do this without us. Yeah. So I mean, and any time that I started getting a couple coaching clients on the side to work with or started bringing too much mindset stuff into the workplace, they would start to tell me that, you know, we were, we were going to go into this collaboration and this collaborative group. And that meant all the businesses under one pile. So I couldn't make money from coaching. And I was just like, I'm, I mean, I'm not really doing it for a business. I'm just doing it because the tools are powerful and I love helping people. That all came to a head at the end of 2017. I was forced to resign. Turns out that you shouldn't just trust your business partners to tell you it's in contracts, that you should actually read them yourself. So I learned a lot of lessons from, from losing it all. <laughs> but uh, wow. but I, really powerful because there are people that will partner and collaborate with others. So a lesson learned there, really go through those contracts. That's your income. That's your <laughs> part of the pie. And, and so Tiffany, thanks for sharing that lesson. Yeah. And I mean, the reason that I didn't, like it sounds ridiculous, but the reason that I didn't was one of the narcissists was actually my best friend. And I had no idea that because he was like the DSM-5 version of a narcissist, very charming. The manipulation was very, very subtle. It was always dressed up as, I really, really care about you and I want to help you. So and there was trust there and you trusted him absolutely. not to not have your best interests at heart, but that he did have your best interests at heart. And absolutely. that didn't end up being the case. And I mean, it, like they shot themselves in the foot really because I was the one who was really running all of the businesses and knew the finer details of all the businesses. So when I was forced to resign within two months, the company folded because they, they just had no idea how to deliver on anything. So it didn't make sense to me why they would have lied. I think they just thought that they could get away with it and nobody would ever catch it until the government audited us. And, and, and then uh, it all came, became true. Yes, exactly. So that definitely leads us to understanding why you were at zero when you started this. There was all these negative things that had happened. Yeah, so I lost everything including my ability to work and live in Australia. So I was forced to move back to Canada where I had never planned on moving back. I'd planned on, I mean, I was in the process of applying for permanent residency and all of these things. And so I hadn't kept any of my networks in Canada warm. Where I'm from in Canada is like the Texas of Canada, but not Dallas. It's like, you know, it, it's a very conservative cowboy culture. We don't talk about our emotions. We don't change. This is the way things have always been done. And then that economy is primarily based on oil and gas. And so since kind of 2012, when carbon taxes and things came in, that economy has been struggling. And so people aren't spending a lot of extra money now. And on top of it, they're Canadian. So they're used to healthcare paying for everything. Right. So here you are, you're, you've lost your home in Australia, you've had to move back to Canada, and it's not the prime market for what you want to do. 
No, like I had literally every excuse to not take action or to fail. I had $3,000 to my name by the time I got back. I spent $800 on like just a beat up old car. And then it was the middle of winter. So I had to put winter tires on it, which cost me another 500. And I moved into a friend's unfinished basement where I was paying $600 a month rent because that was all I could afford. My family and friends are telling me, nobody's going to pay you to talk about their feelings. You know, the economy is so bad. We don't really have any extra money. So if you lose all your money in starting this business, we can't help you. We can't loan you anything. And I'm being told by my friends and family, like, you'd make a great receptionist. Just, you know, just go for the safe job. And in my eyes, being a receptionist is not a safe job because if the economy collapses again, they're the first to go. And, you know, and it when wasn't I'm running, where your heart was. No, I your heart was to motivate myself on the days where I was like, I don't want to get out of bed when it was like minus 40 degrees outside. I would go on to Indeed on my phone and look at the job listings and I could feel my soul dying. And I knew like, I just, I have to go all in. So I just wanted to kind of set the stage Mm -hmm. to let people know, like I, you know, I didn't have any extraordinary skills at that point. I just knew that this is what I had to do. Mm hmm. Felt you, like your back was death. against the wall and you didn't have people supporting you and saying, yes, you want to go for it, Tiffany. So that's the stage. So then what did you do? So the first couple of things that I did now, I did launch my coaching business in the new year, January 1st. So I decided the first question I asked myself was, who has a database that I can leverage that is similar clients, but they offer a different product or service? So because it was the new year, I first contacted all the gyms, all the gyms, all the yoga studios, Pilates studios, spin studios. To this day, this is still a strategy that I use. So people who are going to a gym are already paying to become a better version of themselves. So I can offer these gyms or yoga studios or whatever a free 60 to 90 minute talk. They can have a client appreciation day. It becomes this value add for them, something that's different for them. It doesn't cost them anything. And it allows me to get in front of people. Now, the way it was set up, I wasn't able to sell from stage on any of those talks that I did. So what I did was I gave a ton of value in that 60 minutes to show people just very intro level NLP techniques, how your brain works, how self-sabotage happens, because in health and fitness, we know that it happens a lot, especially in January with New Year's resolutions. And the gym had the added bonus of all those New Year's resolutioners were more likely to stay on if I could help them overcome their stuff. Right. So it was a win-win. You reached out to other businesses that either knew the value that their clients would get from having you there or what's in it for them as well. Mm hmm So everyone was winning all around. And then all the information that I gave in that 60 to 90 minute talk, I put into an ebook. And I told all the people who were there listening, I'm going to give you a ton of information. If you want the ebook of it, just give me your email at the end. So now I can start building my list and I can start getting in front of people. It's always about building our list, people. So excellent technique. Excellent. So from there, after I contacted all the gyms and and lined up a couple of those, I then went to like chiropractic clinics and physio clinics. I contacted co-working spaces, real estate brokerages, mortgage brokerages, because as well with real estate agents, they pay a percentage back to their brokerage. So if they are doing better numbers 
then again, their brokerage is winning. So it was about creating that win-win for everybody. I have never done a talk where I haven't got at least one client out of it. So, and I think where a lot of people shy away and, and whether this is live videos on Facebook, which I'll talk about that in a second, or doing these talks, I think a lot of people, whether they're living in a scarcity or they, they don't even realize that they're doing this, there's this, I don't want to give too much away for free because right. then this person won't hire me. The thing is, especially in the coaching space, I mean, in any industry, really, right? all the information that you could give somebody is out there. Like I had a client last year who said to me, oh, I know NLP. So I don't really know what you're going to do for me that I don't already know. And I said, oh, where did you study? And they said, like books and, and the internet. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's just go through it anyways. And there was a couple techniques that you can't really learn from a book or that you don't fully appreciate how powerful it is from a book or from, you know, right, a until website. you partner with a, with a practitioner that can help you get the most out of it. Yeah. And so all the information, whether it's NLP or, you know, whatever it is, they can find all of that information out there somewhere. Right. There's not new, you're not going to come up with a new leadership principle or a new way to interact, but it's what you bring and your special kind of sauce with that. And Absolutely. like you noted, Tiffany, not being out there doing it on your own. Yeah. And like, you know, if I read NLP in a textbook, that's going to take me a lot more time to get rid of my stuff because now I have to go through trial and error and I don't understand the tone of voice and, you know, the nonverbal right. communications you can't get from a book. And so people will pay you to accelerate the time, right? Everyone's looking for the quick fix or the fast mm -hmm. track. And so working with a coach directly allows them to fast track that information rather than doing affirmations every day or listening to Esther Hicks or Eric Thomas or whoever on YouTube or podcast every morning. They can accelerate their growth by working directly with you. And so my philosophy in building my six-figure business was, I'm just going to put out free content. And so my, my general rule of thumb is if two or more clients in a week or a month have the same like kind of issue or they bring up the same topic, then I will do a video on that because I know that if there's two people asking for it, there's going to be more. And, and then what just, do you do with those videos? So I do live videos every single day on Facebook. I actually do three live videos every single day, one on my personal page, one on my business page, and one in my Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And then I repurpose those to Instagram, to LinkedIn, to YouTube. And then it's just always out there. And it, mm -hmm. it actually, I find a lot of coaches are afraid to make a sale as well. They're afraid to ask for money, especially if they have somebody coming to them saying, you know, I have all these, these negative beliefs about money or I'm broke. And then it's like, okay, well, if you want to work with me, it's a couple thousand dollars. And so what I found was by putting out those pieces of content consistently. So there was one Facebook group that I was a part of previously that I would do one to two live videos a week. Now there's a couple women's entrepreneurs group that I'll do. You're not allowed to do live videos in those groups. So I do one to two to three like value add posts that get people mm -hmm. thinking. And I get a ton of clients off of those because what it does is it takes people from the group to want to connect with me on my personal page, they consume more of my comment content. Like people are bingers 
it's why there's playlists on YouTube. It's why people go down the rabbit hole of like cat videos on YouTube. When they find something that they like, they're going to go to that channel and watch more of it, right? It's why Netflix has like the, are you still watching right. thing that comes up because people just binge on it when they like something. So what I found was happening was I would put out a video and I had this woman who I was actually, she reached out to me and I thought I was selling her something for my husband's business or my now husband. We, were, we had just started dating at that time. I thought she was interested in a sales funnel for his business. So I get on the phone and I give her like this whole sales pitch on the sales funnel. And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that. But can we talk about coaching? Because she had seen one of my videos, which had pushed her to my personal page, which had pushed her to look me up on YouTube and to Google me. And because I've done so many articles, like written so many articles, been interviewed on so many podcasts, been interviewed for so many publications, and just put out so many YouTube videos and whatnot, the first five pages, if you Google my name, the first five pages are me. And it's just all content that gives you actionable things that you can take away and try in your life. And then when you see that those work, when you see the shift that happens, then you come back to me and you're like, okay, I'm ready for more. Let's take it to the next level. Excellent. So let's actually break that down, Tiffany, because you gave so much information <laughs> in there about the way that you have positioned yourself as an expert and given value so that people, my, my philosophy always is, oh my gosh, if Tiffany gives that much value for free, I can only imagine the value I'll get working with her. So, you know, for those of you who are thinking, well, I don't want to give away the farm, you're, you're not giving, you're giving information like Tiffany said, that's already out there, but you're giving it through your perspective. You're making, you're setting yourself up as the expert of that information and like a personal trainer, we, we know what we should be doing when we're at the gym, but we hire a trainer to help us get focused, to get, to get the most we can out of that. And that's sort of an analogy about what you're talking about as well. So Absolutely. let's talk about how you began. Let's kind of break it down. First of all, hmm. how did you decide how you wanted to create content? One of the things you said was that if two people ask me the same question, I'm going to create content around it. Yes. What else? So the other thing that I do is I know the problem that I solve. So the problem that I solve is I help people get out of self-sabotage and get rid of limiting beliefs. Like my specialty is clearing out the emotional baggage and the mental trash. So when I talk about that, what I did was I did a combination of things. I put a post out on my Facebook page and I just said, hey, I just have a question can you go and answer this question for me? There's a really cool website called marketingboost.com and you can pay like $47 a month and they give you unlimited vouchers for free hotel stays at like one of 16 resorts. So there's like Mexico, there's Thailand, Bali, Vegas, Orlando, all of these places. What it is is these hotels know that it's better to have somebody staying in the hotel and spending money on food or other things than to have an empty room. So what I said was, can you just fill in this form for me and tell, and I just have one question. 
you take the time to answer this one question and I will give you a voucher for three to seven nights vacation. They don't have to do a timeshare tour. All they have to do is they pay the resort tax. That's it. So a room that may have been $150, $200, $300 a night is now like 30. So it's again, a win-win for everybody. Now, in order for me to send that voucher out to people, they have to give me their email. So again, I'm still building my list and I just put the question of, and I've done it a couple times with a couple different questions. When it comes to starting a business, what is your biggest block? When it comes to self-sabotage, what is the biggest limiting belief that you have, right? When it comes to achieving your goals this year, what's your biggest block? And I would have like 60 to 80 people answering that. So that's 60 to 80 emails that I now have and 60 to 80 people who are telling me directly, this is my problem. And then I would just create questions around that. You know, I would take that and create content to answer those specific things. Now we're giving people like the what, not the how, obviously. And we're giving them intro level stuff. And I think as coaches, the more we get into personal development and work on ourselves, the more it becomes common knowledge, right? So for me as an NLP practitioner, I know how dangerous saying the word try can be. I'll try and do that or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the language patterns. And so for me, that's common sense. For most people though, it's not. Yeah, exactly. And I've done videos about how the unconscious mind works or how we program like the GPS of the mind and it blows people's mind and they're like, holy crap, I had no idea. So don't be afraid to like take it down to very basic levels and you don't have to use a lot of jargon. Like if you don't start- use a lot of jargon because then it just sounds like a bunch of yeah, like you'll- yeah, you'll lose people for sure. So, yeah. and that that's a, a mistake that people make is they want to appear to be so smart. So they'll use all these complicated terms. If nobody else knows what that is, or nobody knows what these acronyms are, then the person will just disengage from the content and stop watching because they'll either feel stupid or they'll have no idea what you're talking about. And so they'll just stop listening. So, so remember that your expertise might seem like, well, yeah, of course, everybody knows that, like Tiffany, but it's noted, but actually, it's your expertise for a reason. Just because you've been working with people for X number of years and you understand some of these concepts, it's absolutely new information to other people who don't specialize in it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it's just like for a, for a heart surgeon, well, duh, they know how to cut through the, through the sternum and the ribs and open you up, but none of the rest of us know that. So, right. you know, so you don't have to make it super complicated. In fact, the simpler it is, the more people who are going to react to it. The other thing that I did, as well as doing those surveys, is knowing that I'm going to attract people who were in a position that I used to be in, because we attract people who are like us. Mm-hmm. I sat down and I reflected on when I first started my, my personal development journey, what were the questions that I had, right? Or even like I talk a lot about self-love. What are some questions people might have about self-love? Well, what is self-love? What is a gratitude practice? How does it work? What is meditation? How does meditation work? Like all these really basic things that people, they hear about all the time, but they don't necessarily know how or why it works. It might not even want to ask because it might be embarrassing to them to think, well, I can't ask what is meditation because everybody knows what that is. But yet being able to find a video, being able to find that information where they can consume it on their own time is going to bring real value to them. 
The other thing that you can do, and I didn't find this out until later, is there's a Google Chrome extension that you can get called Keywords Anywhere or Keywords Everywhere. Keywords Everywhere, I think it is. And when you install that, you can go to Google and you can type in any phrase and it will show you how many people are searching that phrase. You can also go to, there's another website called answerthepublic.com and you can put in mindset, for example, and it will bring up all the things that people are Googling and searching on the internet around mindset. So then those are questions that people have and you can create an answer to it. And you know that this is what people are looking for. So those are really like the four ways, five ways, I guess, that I find my content, what my clients challenges that keep coming up are sending out those surveys, asking myself what questions did I have, and then using those two websites. Excellent. So then when you create video, you talked about doing live video. I mean, when you create content, mm-hmm. you disperse it different ways. You, you do videos you talked about and live videos are that much more powerful because what, what is it about live video that you recommend? So live videos, the more that you do them, the more comfortable you're going to get, right? People think that they have to be perfect on video. The thing is, is that like now with social media, we see an average of 4,000 ads a day. And so if a video is super polished and has like all this perfect editing and, and everything like that, people won't watch it. They're more likely to scroll past because they think that you're selling them something. And so people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. When you do a live video and you're just there and you stumble over a word or you've, you know, you go on a, down a rabbit hole and you, know, you have these kind of tangents, people get to see your personality. And so that's what's going to bring them to you as opposed to the other coach that they're looking at because they know, like, and trust you because you have the vulnerability to go live. Mm-hmm. And because you are live, people see it as like, this person's really brave. Like they, you know, I've done so many live videos now that it's like not even a big deal for me. And when I talk to people who don't go live or like are struggling to go live, like they just build it up to be this huge, big thing of, of needing to be perfect. And people don't connect with perfect. So they get to see you, that vulnerability piece is there. You can interact with people as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll show you comments in real time and you can mm-hmm. say, oh, Meg, thanks for jumping on my live video. Oh, Sally, good to see you. I've just started using TikTok and so I've, I go, you can't go live on, on the TikTok platform until you hit a thousand followers. So I did my first live video yesterday. Congratulations. Because, thank you. So because I don't know where all these people are from, as they're jumping on and I'm talking about this concept about the mind, I'll just be like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for joining into the live video. Where are you Where are you watching in from, right? And then it creates that conversation. So it's not mm-hmm. a one-sided, just me always talking at you. Right. I can say, does anybody have any questions? What do you guys mm-hmm. think? What do you want to know about? And I can get that engagement from people that way. And people want to be part of the conversation. Now with live video, if you do a live video like on Facebook or LinkedIn, I know that they help you with your advertising, because they'll say, Tiffany Dooms is live on Facebook right now or live on LinkedIn right now. So that's a great thing. But what do you, um, what do you do with your videos once you've created them live? So as soon as you hit the end button, there's going to be another screen that pops up. 
and it's either in the bottom left-hand corner or the top right-hand corner where it'll either say save or there'll be a down arrow. So I save it, which saves it to the camera roll on my phone, and then I share the video so that it goes onto my timeline. Mm-hmm. Then what I do is I, what I used to do was I edited them. Now I have an assistant who handles all of that, but I put, put it into a Dropbox and she will cut it up for Instagram. I'm starting to do YouTube a little bit differently. I'm purposely creating YouTube videos on their own. So pre-recording them now, mm-hmm. but what I've done previously was she would just chop it up and take out like the ums and the ahs. She would put banners on the top and the bottom and we would use that for Facebook ads, for example, or Facebook posts later down the track because about four days after people see that video, they're going to forget those concepts because Mm -hmm. they've seen so much other content. So you can repurpose that content even for Facebook. We'll use it for Instagram, as I said, LinkedIn. And then the other thing that I'll do, depending on the topic, is I will send it into a website called rev.com, R-E-V.com. They'll transcribe it for me, and then I can make it into a blog post, an article, or multiple Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn posts. Such good information. Did you hear how many different ways you guys can repurpose, you know, a 30-minute live or a, a whatever, a however six long? Minute live. A six-minute live, yeah. I, I can create... 50 plus pieces of content from one six minute live video. That is amazing. So that's certainly one way that you're creating content is through your lives. You also talked about getting on podcasts. Obviously you're on a podcast right now. What is the value that you see in getting on podcasts? So it doesn't matter how big or how small the podcast audience is. When I first started, I thought that I needed like somebody who had thousands or tens of thousands of followers. Even if somebody has like, 100 or 50 followers, that's 50 people that I can then share my message with that may not have ever heard my name before. Mm -hmm. So it's just another way you're, it's the same as me reaching out to gyms. It's me leveraging somebody else's network, somebody else's database, adding value for that person to build their audience Mm -hmm. because I'll share it with mine. And it just becomes another piece of content. Like people We all have different learning styles, and Mm -hmm. this is something we talk about in NLP. So the visuals like to read and they like to watch. The kinesthetics like to do something. So watching a video or you can give them tasks and activities to do Mm -hmm. in it. Auditory people like the podcast. They like to listen. So it's just another piece of content that you can use. And I mean, you can go and pull quotes out of those. My assistant will listen to the podcast's interviews that I've been on because she likes to learn, but then she'll take quotes that I've said that are really good and she'll make those into memes for Instagram and and other social media platforms. So let's also do a little dive into what we did in the process of of you getting on the show so that listeners can think about that as well. So Mm -hmm. Tiffany had, you worked with a company actually who reached out to me as a podcast owner and said, here's about Tiffany. So really giving some background about you. And we had originally looked at having you talk about mindset because that's what you're a mindset coach. Now for my podcast, I don't know that every podcast owner does this, but I like to have a pre-interview with my guests. And it was during that pre-interview that I wanted you to understand about my audience. We got to talking about the audience and came to the conclusion, you said, you know, as we are talking about that, I wonder if your audience would like to hear about my journey and how I went from 
no income to over six figures in 12 months. So we, through that talk in advance, Tiffany and I were able to get the content that she brings, not that her mindset content wouldn't have been fabulous because it's fabulous as well, but we were able to hone in on what do we think is the best content for Tiffany to bring to this audience. And through that, you're meeting Tiffany, you're, you're getting something she's passionate about. And as you know, as a listener to the show, all of her content, all of her information to reach her will be in the show notes. And then Tiffany is able to kind of give you that value through this avenue. And that's something I think all of you could think about doing. What is your specialty? How could you reach out to podcast owners? And then as you learn about their audience, what piece of content do you have that would be most helpful to that audience? Yeah, I I would say about a third. I've done like about 75 podcast interviews in the last year and a half, two years. I'd say maybe about a third, quarter to a third of them will have the pre-interview talk. And then if we don't have that, then I'll either go on and I'll listen to previous episodes of their podcast just to get an idea of their style. Or when we first hop on the call, I'll ask, who is your audience? So I know what to talk about. Because a lot of the podcasts that I am on don't have preset questions. They have, it's more conversational and just go with the flow. There's some really great, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I know there's one called Mm spotaguest.com and you can register there. And every, I think it's Wednesday, they'll send out an email with podcasts that are looking for guests and you can just go on there and see, they'll tell you what the podcast is about, who their ideal guest is the name and the email for the person. So then you can just reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm, here's my story. Here's what I can talk about, the value that I can add to your audience. I would love, you know, to be considered to be on your podcast. And I've booked a ton of podcast interviews that way. Perfect. So helpful. So the last thing we're going to, cause I really think Tiffany, you and I could talk about all this expertise you bring forward forever. However, in the interest of time, let's talk about how you start a sales conversation. Once you have given that value and and people are reaching out to you, you know, you've established yourself in the community and somebody says, okay, Tiffany, tell me about working with you. How do you handle that? So what happens is anybody who sends me a friend request on Facebook What I will do, and I actually learned this from my husband, is I'll send them a quick message just saying, hey, Meg, how are you today? Thanks so much for reaching out. What made you decide to connect with me today? And that lets me know you know, if they, where they've seen me, how my name has come up. I've got a couple like seven-figure clients right now who will regularly do posts about working with me, and I'll get flooded with a whole bunch of friend requests after that. So to figure out who's coming from that post and whatnot, then, so if they reach out to me and they say, I want to work with you, what I do is we schedule a time on my calendar. I take them through a 15 to 20 minute session of NLP with me so that they can experience it and they can, it's just another value add point to really sell them. And then we talk about, educate them on how the body and the mind stores unresolved emotional baggage. And then I just move into, so here's the options. I have a group program. I have a one-on-one program. Which one do you think would suit you better? Perfect. So you demonstrate the value. And I love that tip about when people reach out to you, 
for friend requests that you ask what it is that made them reach out to you. Because that also can kind of screen out somebody who might be reaching out for something strange. Occasionally, people reach out for things that are kind of strange on Facebook. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a good way to kind of do that as well. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're going to pitch me on joining their business or whatever it is, we can get it out of the way early on. And I can just say, look, I'm not interested. If they reach out and they say, you know, I've, I've seen this about you and it looks interesting. I can say, oh, if you want more free mindset training, I've got this Facebook group where I do daily videos and then we drive them to the video or to the Facebook group to get into the Facebook group. They have to give me their email again. So now I've got them on my email list so I can hit them on my personal page through the group and through email. So what I don't think a lot of people realize is that with social media, people need to see you and your brand 30 to 40 times before they feel comfortable buying, making a buying decision. Mm-hmm. So we need 30 to 40 touch points with them to build that no like, and trust factor. So if I'm emailing once or twice a week and I'm doing live videos every single day in the group and on my personal page, all of a sudden I'm just always in front of people. I actually did that to get a speaking gig. One of my seven-figure clients now had no idea who I was last November. In a Facebook group that we're both in, he put out a post about how he needed a speaker. And so I reached out to him, me and like 300 other people. So I added value that way. And then what I did was I actually, I ethically stalked him. I moved him on Facebook. If you go to somebody's profile where it says following, you can move that to see first, which means that anytime they post, Facebook will send you a notification and put them at the top of your newsfeed. Oh, interesting. So what I did was I just continued talking to him. One of the ways that the Facebook algorithm works is based on affinity. So if you and I are having a messenger conversation, or if I'm always liking and commenting on your posts, Facebook thinks that you and I have a relationship and will start showing you more of my stuff, even if you've never commented with mine anymore. Oh, interesting. Okay. So when so I got you were to, commenting on his, so he all of a sudden got to see more and more of your stuff. Yeah. And he's seeing all of this value that I add and I'm putting out. And when I got to Orlando, when we met for the first time, he was like, you know, I've never ask somebody that I don't know to come and speak at my event, never mind close it out. So he put me in the closing spot and he's like, I just like the universe, like just kept putting you in front of me after you reached out to me, you were just always there. And I was like, yeah, I may have had a, I may have had a hand in that, but I really <laughs> wanted to speak at this event. And you know, he was like, well, it worked. And even yesterday he was like, okay, so I'm going to use that same strategy to speak at this event that I want to speak at next year. Like, tell me what you did so that I can do the same thing. So you know, if there is somebody that you really want to work with or that you think would really benefit from you, there's a, the executive producer for The View originally, and he now works on a different TV show. I'm doing the same thing with him right now. I'm building that relationship so that my name is familiar so that when I reach out and I send my press release and say, hey, you should have me on the show, he already knows me. And, you know, I've seen that on a couple of the live videos I've done, he's hopped on and watched. And so, he's starting to see that value that I can add. And then I just have to position it as here's what I can, here's how your audience will benefit. Such good insider information. (laughs) So what I really want everybody to hear is that Tiffany is not saying that you need to ask somebody 30 to 40 times to buy from you. What she's saying is 30 to 40 times of getting your value, of getting your content, of what you can contribute 
and build that trust, like, and respect factor so that that people are more inclined to say, gosh, if I have that need, Tiffany's the person that I want to work with with that, or Sam or Joe or whoever's out there. So Tiffany, you brought such incredible information. I want to thank you so much for taking time and sharing more than I'd even anticipated. (laughs) So once again, Tiffany brought more value than she had even promised to get go. And those are the kinds of lessons that we all need to learn about kind of giving. If used to be ask and you will receive, but I really think it's give and give and you will receive because that's what's in your heart. What are you bringing forward? So, and Tiffany, your heart's obviously full of, of grace and willingness to give. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Wow, just such great information that we can learn through listening to somebody else's journey and what they have done to be successful that is very transferable. Those are things that you can do as well. Although it became immediately apparent to me that the best way to do that is to get super clear about the message that you share, the audience that you work with. If we don't understand what we provide, then it's very difficult to target that market. So get clear about what is your message, who is the audience that you work with, and then you're that much more effective in reaching out to them and creating that sterling content that Tiffany was talking about. If you'd like to know more about Tiffany Toombs or about all the resources that she shared in that interview, go to starcoatshow.com. Episode 173 show notes will have those links in it for you. Be sure to come back next week. I have gotten increasing numbers of questions from the coaches that I work with about what does it take to put together a podcast and sort of what resources and those kinds of things are needed. So I thought I would do an episode regarding what I did to create the Star Coach Show, what do I do each week to make it happen, and to just lay out a little bit of foundation in case you're thinking about the whole concept of bringing your expertise forward in a podcast. Now, as Tiffany put out there, you can certainly guest on podcasts to bring your information forward. But also to Tiffany's point, I've had more than two people ask me about creating their own podcasts. So I am creating a podcast episode to answer that and it will be our episode for the beginning of March. Until next week, I wish you the very best for your coaching success. If you are enjoying the show and getting value out of the show, Please share it with your friends. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts so that more and more people will find our show. And until next week, I hope you continue to bring your impact to the world. This is Meg Rentschler thanking you for being a part of the show. Bye-bye.